G'day guys, welcome to a, another brand new episode of the Gone Bush podcast. And uh, I feel like there was something I had to mention, but I forgot about it. Uh, first, I've been forgetting this every time, before we get started, it'll do us a, uh, um, it'll be, uh, it made a great deal to us, I couldn't find the words then, it made a great deal to us if you could hit that like, subscribe and share buttons, it means a great deal to us, it's the only way we can really get sort of out there and spread apart, so that would really help us. Yeah, and if you hit it now subscribe. before you watch us, it, 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 it'd be good because if you, if you don't like us, you've already hit it. Yeah, well, there will be a uh, little icon down here to show you what to do. If you also hit the uh, bell icon, it's, it tells you um, you can hit all or personalized or something else. But if you hit all, that will notify you every week when we release an episode. Yeah. Anyway, just say uh, yeah, thank you to Gemini who keeps on sending us. Yes. Uh, yes. Up. Uh, every episode. Yeah, so yes. thanks. We, we know who that is. But yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sav. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to be talking about something where there's some cool stuff in it that I don't think a lot of people know about. It's, um, we're going to cover about 30 more years here. We're going to be talking about car design sharing and where a lot of designs actually originated. So here in Australia, um, previously, not now because Holden is gone from Australia, um, but previously our two main, uh, car brands in Australia were Ford and Holden. Now, their most well-known cars are the Commodore and the Falcon. Well, and we're going to show you some pictures throughout this, and I'll put them up on the screen when we're talking about them. But we'll just start off with the Commodore. That actually is not a 100% Australian design. It actually comes from uh, Opal, which was owned by GM, which is now owned by Peugeot. It originally was the VB Commodore was based on a Opal Wreckford, which if you go and have a look at, I'll show you those pictures now, they look like literally if you had a, a VK and, uh, sorry, a VB Commodore right up against the Opal Wreckford, the only differences are in the interior and mm. the engine, of course, mm. because none of, uh, none of the Opal ones actually had V6s in them. No, that's so not. they weren't power like us. Mm. Um, but as you can see, this, there's, especially in the doors, you can see a lot of um, when it comes to the next models where we went into the VN, there's the Opal, uh, I think it's an Amiga. It's also Lotus Carlton. If you look at them, you can see our VN, our VP, very much in that design. Again, completely different interior, no V6. So what we do when we brought them over here is we basically sort of stretched them out, gave, gave them a longer wheelbase, and we, we put Chevy uh, V6s and V8s in them. But um, there's a lot more to that than we know. So back in, you know, I don't know if it's the 80s or the early 90s, the Australian government imposed something called the Button Car Plan. And the idea of it was to get um, more, um, basically, to limit how much were our car companies were designing, but to also share their designs. And I think that was a lot about they were trying to stop um, imports. Or yeah. Uh, um, yeah, in those days, yes. Yeah, so it was, it was, they were trying to make it sort of all Australian sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So some fine examples of this would be um, the Nissan Pulsar, 
was also the Holden uh, Astra, I think. Astra, yeah. Um, then we also had uh, sharing deals with Toyota. So there went from VN to VS, I think. It was called the Toyota uh, Lexan, mm-hmm. which was it's, it's literally just a rebadged car. There is nothing different about it. It's just rebadged. It's got a Commodore. Yeah. yeah, it's a Commodore. It's got the Commodore engine, everything like that. Yeah. And then, it, uh, but they just changed things like the tail light to turn the upside down. Well, no, they didn't even do that. No, not in the Lexan, but on the Astra they did. Oh yeah, yeah okay. For example, but then with and the dashboard would be coloured or black and white instead of colour or something like that. Yeah, so we gave Toyota the Commodore, and then Toyota gave us the Camry, and we called that an Apollo. Yeah, that's it. horrible that's little thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you're going to buy that, I'd. I'd just sooner buy a Camry instead yeah. of the Holden Badge. You one. should be buying the proper brand of any of these cars, actually. Oh, hell yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. The, we call it a clone. Well, the that's what it is. The never going to be as good as the original. But there's these ones I've seen throughout the years, and I know they're the same design, but there's, there's a couple I actually didn't know about. So I didn't know that Ford and Nissan also share designs. Mm. So their uh, main design sharing was... Uh, Ford got the Nissan Patrol body uh, car, and they called it a Ford Maverick. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now you would, I'd be surprised if you've seen any of these. Ford gave Nissan their, I think it was an uh, XD Ute, mm. and it was called the Nissan Ute. Yeah. But that's why the Maverick was so good. It was because it was a Nissan, Nissan engine. Exactly. Yeah. And there was a. Oh, that just reminded that, me. That was, helped them a lot. That. <laughs> kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was another example of that, and I've just forgotten about it. Yeah. Um. Oh, what was it? Mazda. Oh, another one. A lot of people won't know about. You know about this? The Mazda Road Pacer. Oh yeah. Oh, good guy. Was that a lemon? Mm. Okay, so that was a. Um, oh, I'm struggling to remember. I think it's a HQ. Yeah. So it's a HQ body with Mazda. Um, branding obviously but it's got a four cylinder rotary engine in it yeah it was so weak it could barely carry the weight of the car yeah so you won't get anywhere fast in that thing it was a failure it was a complete yeah. failure was that th- for the New Zealand market or something no it was for England no it was no. one of the Asian markets it could be Malaysia Thailand oh, yeah. it might have one been of Malaysia those. I think yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting because we did something similar a number of years later we didn't change the engine, but we gave our VS Commodore um, basically to, I think it was Indonesia, Thailand, and all them. And it was a VS Commodore at the back, had the regular lights, and at the front, it had the Statesman front lights. Mm. And it was called an Opal Calais. Oh. It looked horrible, but i got to admit, I kind of did like the, the Statesman front on a normal Commodore. It did look quite good. Mm-hmm. But again, it had, had our engine and everything, but it didn't sell very well over there. Um, having said that, ones that uh, sold very well, I know our lights flickering, I'll try mm. not to pay attention to because I don't think it messes up things too much. Mm. Um, but what we did when we bought the Monaro back, aside the fact that we exported that and changed the design a little bit and called that the Pontiac GTO, the British loved that car. So they exported that as the Vauxhall Monaro VXR, I think. And it was very popular. A lot of people loved it. And then they, we no longer made the Monaro and we had the, um, the four-door GTS. They exported that and didn't sell as well. 
Funny reason for that. It's because in Australia, we don't put an anti-rust coating on all of the, the frame and everything. So in England, where they need it because there's you know so much moisture in the air, it rusts the absolute shit out of these cars and they're basically useless now. Mm. So you, gotta, you see a lot of these cars over there and they're just sitting there because they don't run anymore or they've been restored and they're running or they've been you know, coated with rust protection or whatnot. But that's why the, the, the GTS didn't sell very well because all these guys have gone and bought the Monaro. Well, they rust really quick because we don't need it here in Australia. It's such a dry, well, mm. was such a dry country. Well, we would have put rust protection on them for them, right? Yeah. But they didn't want to pay the extra price. Stingy <laughs> <laughs> <Gingy> bastards. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not surprised. We told them they'll rust out if you don't have... No, 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 just put the basic paint on. So that, that's what happened. Yeah, well, it turns so, out even... The inside um, story. Go well, on. even Americans yeah. love our car. Mm. Our cars, I should say. So um, the first big one was obviously um, the Monaro, which we converted into the Pontiac GTO. Mm. Um, then we exported the VE, and that was a Pontiac GXP, yeah. or G, no, G8, G8, sorry. Yeah. Changed the design again a little bit, gave it the front Pontiac grille, which always to me looks like a little cushion. Yeah. It feels like you should be able to just press on it and All the sort of Camaro was based on the HQ. American. Or the other way around. Or the other way around, yeah. yeah it's probably more if like you it. have a look at those two cars, how similar well, they are, if especially you have the a tail look, end. A lot of the cars from back then, even with Dodge, mm, mm. they had the exact same yeah. wheels. And being GM and Holden, it's like, you know, they're copying a bit here, right? Yeah. This is the Australian version of the Camaro. Well, see, that, that will take me to an interesting point in a minute. So, mm. yeah, we, we explored that, then Pontiac shut down yeah. as a brand. Yeah. Hence with Monaro, Camaro. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, Pontiac shut down. So we exported the, the VF as a Chevy SS. That ended up becoming the, the basis of the NASCAR over there, of mm. the Chevy NASCAR, was the Chevy SS. They yeah. don't, the car's not actually a Chevy SS. It's just got stickers on it. That's mm. all the NASCARs have, the stickers. Mm. Um, well, the me, my voice a bit croaky. The HQs <laughs> did very, very well in races. Oh, I remember that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't around then, but I've still seen them on TV, and they were some. It, it wouldn't matter races. what race you put it in. No, dirt no. race, road race, corners, right. straights, whatever. Now, see, the thing I wonder about, and I wonder how much this affected Holden, when we were exporting all these models to the US and into South Africa, where they would be called Chevy Luminas or Chevy mm. SS. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had two HQs just... Yeah, well, well that, the money that was coming from that, was that rolled back into GM or was it rolled back into Holden? Because if it wasn't rolled back into Holden, that would have played a very large part in Holden not being able to continue. What, uh, what, what was the question again? If when GM is getting Holden to export all these cars to other countries, right. the money they make from that, are they rolling it back into GM or are they rolling it back into Holden? Because if they weren't oh, rolling it back into Holden... I think it would have went back into Holden. I would hope so, because that would have played... a Large no, part. It, it would have to help them pay back their debt, and it still wasn't enough. Was Holden in debt though? Yeah, I thought I'd, they they just basically were done. They couldn't afford no, production more and GM shut it down. Lots of money. Well, they wanted know, the government to bail them out to pay it out, and the government wouldn't oh, pay yeah, it out. But that's what killed it. Yeah, but they they don't owe GM any money because they were owned by GM. And so if anything, GM would owe our government. Yeah, I know, but yeah. the way they do their books and that, we still owe them. Even when the, right to this day, we're still owing money. And I think they've written it off now. Because it's we might existed. owe them for the fact that we didn't save them, but we don't owe them for the money Holden spent. 
because that's that was their money. No, it's from the initial setup when they first come out. We never ever paid that back. Yeah, but why would we pay it back when they bought it? That's the whole thing. And that's where it went. So, and then in the end, they just said, no, we're not doing it. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, why would the government have to pay anything if, oh, I don't even know how long it was. Let's say it was 1940. GM bought Holden. They paid their money for it. Why would the government then owe them anything? I don't know the details. It's probably the best way to answer that. Yeah, okay. it's gone too far into it. But um, that's what I know about it. But here's the really interesting one, which I guarantee very, very few people will know about. So in the 1980s and the 1990s, China had something similar to the button car plan, except they wanted um, all production to be in China. They didn't want to share designs or anything. So all designs had to be out of China, from China. Everything had to be manufactured in China. And to enforce this, what they had was a 200% tariff on imports. Mm. So basically, you pay double the price of the car. And tariff, if you don't know what that is, that's a tax. So you pay double the, whatever the price of the car is, you pay double that to import a car into China. So what this one company had the idea to do was it was pretty smart. They contacted... Um, basically, they contacted Holden, um, who sent them to a spare parts, uh, spare parts seller. Is that what you call it? spare parts division? Yeah, um, but it wasn't actually Holden. It was a broad. It was in Broadmeadows, which is in oh, central Victoria, um, and that plant is still open today. So what they did was, so they weren't importing the parts directly from Holden, which would incur the tariff. They bought the parts from this spare parts place in Broadmeadows, which Holden supplied them with. They bought all the panels and exported it to China. And because they couldn't use our engine or anything like that, the interior, nothing. It's literally, you can look at this car, and I'll put a picture up right now. This is a VN Commodore, but it is not called a VN Commodore. It is called a B, BN6 something or other. Um, and BN6, I think sounds right. Yeah. yeah, basically in China, that number, uh, the model number is, the, the letters are representative of the company that owns them, and there is a huge Harley passing us right now. So it's if you heard Thunder, that, it's not Thunder, it's a Harley Davidson yep. motorbike going past. Um, we get that. Yeah. yeah. So basically, this guy um, and his company figured we can source different parts from around the world without paying the tariff. And we can make a mock-up car. They only made about, I think about 50 of them. They, they really couldn't make many. But it had horrible little engine in it. It wasn't even a six-cylinder. I think it was a two-litre four-cylinder. Yeah, I think it was. It was an absolute lemon. So when you look at that picture, you look where it would usually say Commodore or Holden, and it has some Chinese writing. BN6. But because I've actually lost this information, I don't have it with me today, they actually tried to turn that electric. Oh, well, they tried to make an electric probably car. Probably go faster on electric than it did with the petrol. Motor. I would say so. <laughs> but eventually, um, China got rid of that tariff. And now you, they have this weird thing where, like, for example, Mercedes-Benz, it's got some Chinese company badge on it as well as Mercedes badge. That's how they work the deal now. It's really, really weird. I oh, like Volvo and Gren just did that. Volgren, remember? Yeah, well, that, who was that? That was... That was two companies together, wasn't yeah. it, Volgren? Who was Volvo that? Volvo and Grenders. Grenders oh, yeah, which... Yeah. They combined themselves and called themselves Volgren. That's right. So that yeah. uh, Vol uh, 
Grandin now Buses it's Ventura, is, our, I think, bought it out. is the one of the companies behind our buses, public transport buses in uh, Victoria or Australia. They've got the headquarters in Danong here. So that's probably in Victoria. Then. Victoria, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who does it interstate. Don't know. No. Um, but yeah, I just I, when I'm going across this information, it's just unbelievable how much um, they kind of take from one another. Mm. Um, but I, that that whole Chinese thing that just fathomed me two hundred percent. I don't think we've ever seen another country put a two hundred percent tariff on mm. importing vehicles. Mm -hmm. I know we're we're starting to struggle with it now too, aren't we? Well, importing and tariffs. Yeah. Well, Especially electric vehicles. We've always had tariffs on importing cars. We have, but yeah. it's never been that, that high, has it? No, it's gone up a lot now. Is that especially for electric vehicles? I think electric's gone down now. Oh, and see other ones. Yes, yeah, the other yeah. cars. But what, years ago, my one of my uncles on his stepmum's side, uh, they, they used to import cars, yeah. and they got out of it by, same thing, importing parts. They, they, so they'd buy the car... All made without the wheels on, no steering wheel, and no bumpers, and apparently because it's not complete, it's spare parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then in another container, the steering wheel would come and the wheels and the bumpers, more spare parts, and then at the factory down here in uh, I think they were at Caulfield or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Assembly plant, and assemble them all here and uh, not imported. No, but you know what? Got out of it. I was talking to mum and dad. years and years until they retired. I was talking to mum and dad last night, and we were mm. talking about the fact, and you're a prime example of this. That was where Jakey was, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, how many of these hybrid vans, and just not even necessarily hybrid, but Japanese vans, how many, like there's the, the Toyota Esteem, which is a hybrid yeah. Tarago van. Yeah. Um, then there's the Nissan L Grand. I don't think that's electric. Oh, not, no, not I think you can get that in hybrid. It might be as well. Yeah. But there's tons of them on our roads right now. Mm -hmm. So it seems odd that over in Japan, they're not clicking. Well, look how many people are no, well, importing what, or exporting no, these. I can help you out with that. What's going on there is these aren't brand new cars. No, no, none of them. Second hand. No, but I'm thinking I think if they the see how these previous models have sold, been exported in such great numbers, then why wouldn't they start exporting the new models to sell here? I think the new, if you buy new, yeah. you're paying all this export tax. If you're on the second-hand market, it's not there. Yeah. Or it's much smaller or something. So, But what was it you were telling me about in Japan with insurance, that they'll only insure it up to so many... Uh, no, it's to, uh, do with the roadworthy centre, I think. That's what it is, and it's uh, only hundred k's, hundred thousand k's. Got to be yeah. off the road. Yeah. So what happens is people sell their cars at eighty thousand. Yeah. And k's, and ninety thousand, uh, and you can get even down to seventy thousand, right? Second hand. Yeah. Uh, they sell them really cheap because over yeah, in okay. Japan, nobody wants that car. I was going to say because it's too close to the hundred thousand. Yeah, nobody wants to buy you it. You really wouldn't see many old cars over there, would you? No, no. So there's no market for it there. But in Australia, there is. Yeah, a yeah. car that you it's got only got eighty thousand on the clock. Yeah. To the average Australian is brand new. That's just yeah. run in, right? Uh, and so they're imp importing. There's companies out there importing these. Yeah. And they're doing what they call compliance. So the import. The import person does the compliance, Australian compliance, so just change a few things on the car to make it Australian compliant. Yeah. 
And then it goes to, that up for wholesale to the uh, car yards and they do the roadworthies from there. So what we've avoided is all the import tax. Yeah, right. right? So it, you know, it must be thousands of dollars. You know, I'd be interested to find out what sort of um, import tariffs we had to pay on that absolute piece of shit that we branded as a Holden, which was the Opal insignia and called that the last Commodore. Yeah. I wonder what... German-made, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Or at least designed. Yeah. If that was the only car we are using as the Commodore, how much were we paying to import that thing? Well, uh, the import tariffs from Germany might be different. I oh, don't know what true. they are. Yeah, that was... Yeah. And, and and the way we, the way we have treated Germany in the past, <laughs> they would be at the disbenefit, not us. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was none. They're Makes not sense. allowed to impose one, or something. I don't know the details, but I'm if not, we go I down history, we are on that path. Unlike so, there might be well, only five percent or something. Unlike Japan, who still to this day is not allowed to have a air force or navy, mm. I don't think Germany was actually imposed with any punishments because it wasn't. No, they were. They were not allowed to make powered aircraft. They were only allowed to make gliders. Yeah, but I, I don't know because and it I think wasn't. That had a fifty-year limit on it. Yeah, but it wasn't after World War Two. It wasn't Germany. It was East Germany and West Germany. Yes. Yes. So I don't think reparations or whatever they call it were actually paid. And if they were imposed on them, it wouldn't have been until the mm. end of the Cold War. No, that's right. But I don't think anything was. But no. that was because they came became such a powerful ally. Yeah, that's we right. We didn't charge them anything. No, that's right. We're, we've since become friends, right? Oh, hell yeah. We and rely on them a lot. Yeah, we help you, help me. Well, they've got some it of the best te technology in the world. It, it could by be. By the way, you might want to move this back a little. No, I'm, I'm listening for free outside noises. Oh, because it looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let me put it. What, does that look better? Yeah, it looks a little better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what was that? About the Opal. What? Oh, the tariffs. Yeah. Well, see, you know, it could be also that the our import to them tariff yeah. is the same as the import from us to them to them to us. Yeah, right. If it's like that, it doesn't matter what the pro what it is. Oh, honestly, I think what they should have done was when they realised they were going downhill, don't even, they shouldn't have even tried this import and whack our badge on the card. Just say, we're done. Or... Just do, um, like, you know, how they started doing the Holden Acadia, the Colorado. Mm. Just keep making those models in the Commodore at the VF. Don't try and call another car that is not a Commodore, not Australian design. Don't call that a Commodore. Left it. That would have been a smarter idea. Because mm. that really did put a very bad look on Holden to have that car mm. as a Holden. Well, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. the cops don't use them now. No, that's right. Yeah. Like, they're using Kias, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Hyundais. Frankly, I like to see them better in the Kias and the Hyundais because God knows how much the government's paying for the BMWs and Mercedes-Benz. Mm. And all, all of our highway patrol are now BMW. Yeah. So, oh, and some Mercedes, I think. Mm. But, I mean, I know they'd be getting it at a cheaper deal, but... BMW and Mercedes, they're still freaking expensive cars. Mm. So I don't know how cheap we get them, but... That must ex that would explain why they couldn't catch me the other day. Yeah. Oh, right. I really hope you didn't run from the police. No, I didn't. Because they checked this Remember, shit. I've got it a Toyota or a Steamer. Yeah, but... A hybrid. Not that I'm yeah. saying you've but ever done you, it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that thing can go. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, it's not... It, not to 100 kilometres in eight seconds is not too bad. I mean... When you look at the fact that we've got roughly the same size cars, mm. I've got a diesel, you've got an electric, yeah. 
I haven't got a flying chance in hell of beating you off the line in any race. No. Not a chance. Even with full weight, both in... Like, you could have full weight in your car and I have nothing in my car, you will still beat me. Yeah. Because you've got that takeoff. I've got the endurance. Yeah. Well, I can apply 200 kilowatts in one hit, even though none of the components in the car have got that by themselves. How many kilowatts is my engine? Probably about 140, 130. You're putting me to shame now. (laughs) (laughs) 140 so? No, no, I, lo- I mm. love that bloody car. Mm. It's, mm. it's everything. Mm. Like, you've got... Uh, but, my, but, my, but, but, but my petrol engine is only 100 kilowatts. Yeah, but... Yeah, getting the other 60 power. from yeah. the generator and another 40 from the battery. No, we... Uh, like, both of so us, I think... So, put all together. I think we can say right now we've both got our dream cars, which may seem odd to some people that it's not, like, an expensive car. Yeah. Um, just cars that we wanted to do what yeah, we wanted to like do. you got the electric thing but it's just big so you can still do all the normal electrical stuff that yeah. you do out of it I can have you know yeah. I found a hybrid that camping. was big enough for all my stuff yeah, yeah. and like you know my full drive I've got roof racks I've got a canopy I've got drawers I've got an inverter yeah. I've got solar panels yeah. um, extra battery all these things just make it a truly fantastic vehicle and object to own yeah. it's not just a vehicle when we go camping it's a it's a power hub it's somewhere to sleep yeah it's everything yeah oh, i think between the two cars together mm. you know mine's the 240 volt power station and uh, <laughs> you've got all the four-wheel drive manpower if we need to pull someone out or get pull a log or something uh mine could probably do that too but i mean you, you've got clearance go through that river and get those logs on the other side i'm not taking mine through there I mean, it's kind of funny to think, I don't know how I did this, but years ago, probably about 2011, when I had my VL, mm. Commodore, I slept in that. We had no tents. We had no gazebos. It was even raining. So you slept in the back ponchos. seat? Oh, no, I seat. slept in the front, front seat because yeah. you can't stretch out in the back seat. And it's because no, they're like, those yeah. seats were like that. Yeah. You couldn't sleep on them. But now I could not do that. No. I've got a mattress in the back. I have blankets, all that, yeah. everything. I've got a heated blanket. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I did that in the VR. I mean, I know I was only 21, but... Yeah. And we sleep in the cars. Yeah, not well, the, me and you, the other yeah. two don't. Not not the tents. Me yeah. and you sleep in the cars. Yeah, we, because we've we, got big enough cars that they can have a mattress in them. Because we sleep in air-conditioned comfort. And the tent, that's just for all our stuff. Although, having said that, I mean, you've seen the size of... Oh, yeah, I can say... You've seen the size of Anthony's tent. That thing is a mansion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like his tent. It is. Yeah. It's it was expensive, but we, it's beautiful. We, we have three tents, or four. No, depends three, on how many three. is coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you're if it's just the four of us, it's you, yeah. Ron, and Anthony. Yeah. Our tents, I don't. Yeah. Oh, you know, you got a canopy thing. Yeah, but I don't that. really use it now because no, we have a massive gazebo. The thing we sit underneath. What do you call that? A gazebo. Gazebo. Yeah. Yeah. You I, have a gazebo. Yeah. Yeah, because I've got a canopy on the roof racks. Yeah. But I but just because of the size of the tent, a tent you got because you got the canopy. You set the canopy up like an open house thing. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and I only ha- everything's I have yeah. is in and tubs, your so it gets in the stored around the camp. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's it. It, it is pretty. I got to admit, especially when we were on our trip a few months back, it was pretty damn awesome when it was what two, three degrees at night. Yeah, and I could get in, and there was a heated blanket on. I, know, I didn't have the heated blanket, but my but heating yeah, in the no, car was pretty one. good. Or you been get? Oh, you got, got one, one now. Yeah. yeah, but it's not very good, is it? No, I changed it over. Oh, you I changed it, it over. Back. You got, you a, got better a better one, one. now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, but oh, I cannot wait for that trip because so. Um, we will be, oh, I'm not going to detail the dates. I'll tell you why I won't detail the dates after we finish filming. Mm. Um, we're going away in December, um, camping. 
Um, Research, camping. So, yeah, camp- yeah, we go on, um, I personally go on about three trips in summer. Craig goes on one of them. We usually do it in March, but this year one of our people, one of our group couldn't get holidays in March, so we're going in December. Um, the really cool thing about, and I haven't told you this either, the really cool thing, we're going to be filming a podcast out there and we're also going to be filming Gone Bush out there to look at some of the animals and um, land and water-based. Yeah, which we probably should do that soon. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, well, it, and because we what it's all about. Well, you haven't been there at that time of year, so it's going to be something different. Mm. Well, there should be some wildlife around by then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be filming those out there. Mm. Um, and we'll get the um, spotted tree frog breeding to be breeding well, that'd time be good too. for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when we're filming this out there, we won't have the green screen behind us. We will have real nature behind us. Um, but the really cool thing is that episode will be the very first episode that I'll be able to take this mask off and show the smile I haven't been able to use for over 10 years now. So I'll be finally able to peel this down. I could on that have episode. got you some plastic ones that you could have put in for the episode. From the yeah, $2, you know, $2 tried shop those. thing. Eh? I've tried those. Well, well, no, tried I've tried them. some better ones. From what about eBay? the lolly ones? You can eat them. Yeah, they don't look as good. No, nah, that's true. Because yeah. <laughs> they don't look like proper teeth. But I've got these ones off eBay. They look mm. like real teeth, but they don't really have anything to slot into. Mm. So they just fall out. Right. And they're on just a metal wire. Which yeah. No, after a while being in your mouth, I can't imagine that would be too good for you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's about all from us for now. Um, I just really wanted to go over that because there was, like I said, the Mazda Road Pacer, the, the VN that was expo- exported in panels. Some really cool stuff that people didn't know about. Mm. Um, but one more thing that uh, Craig wanted to mention was that uh, if anyone knows where you can get Villy's pies, yes, could you please let us know anywhere in Victoria? Because we know they're in South Australia. That's where they're based. But we can't order them from anywhere. And we really love Villy's pies. So if anyone knows where you can get them in Victoria, especially southeast Victoria. Dandenong. Put, yeah, yeah. Dandenong. Or even surrounding suburbs, whatever. Yeah. I'll um, go as far as Cranbourne or Noble Park. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, if you could, uh, if you anyone knows out there where you can get them, can you please drop us a comment so we can get onto these pies because yeah. they are awesome. And Moles will give them a little bit of a plug. If those of you that have had a village pie will know what we're talking about, those of you that have not and you find one, eat it. Just try and it. And you'll know what we're talking about. And you'll know about. what we're talking about. You'll see. To me, it's a very close second to a place called Mansfield Bakery, yeah. which is somewhere we go on the way to camp. Yeah. And then there was Sorry, Clark's wasn't... Pies, which we can't get. No, but as you just said, apparently they're apparently British. Yeah, British. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, if you can drop us yeah. a comment, that'll yeah. do us a great yeah. deal. Yeah. In fact, Clark's or Villiers Pies, let us know. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all from us for now. Yeah. And uh, I'm Rocky. And I'm Froggy. And we'll catch you next week. Yep. Yeah. See you later.